Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, where we unironically win both rounds with five bastions. I'm Dylan. I'm Sarge. And I'm Victim. Sarge, take it away. Alright, so there's been a delay in the podcasts, and that's because life doesn't always go the way people plan. And one of my good friends, actually probably my best friend in the world, uh, lost her fight with depression. And that is... That that messed me up really bad, so I had to take a hiatus from everything. And, but we do have a GoFundMe to help her family out with a little bit. Nothing big, just 500 bucks. And if anybody can give, you know, a dollar, two dollars, whatever, anything helps. But the most important thing about this episode is that we're going to talk about MMORPGs. Totally unrelated to the first thing we talked about. But um, for real, though, we're going to have a link into the, the description of the podcast on SoundCloud with the link. And everywhere we post this, like on the Melomancy forums, for example, I'll also put the link in there. I usually put a link in the SoundCloud to the thread I post on the Melomancy website. So MMOs. We have a lot to say about MMOs. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. No. Episode um, over. <laughs> right? No. I'm actually kind of new to the whole MMO thing. I mean, it's been a couple years now. I guess I'm not new. But I, I know people that have played MMOs when they were, like, teenagers. I never really touched well, an MMO until well, I, was I was an adult. I was like, a preteen. <laughs> yeah, so my experience with MMOs, like, I know we talked about HeroCraft in the first episode, and that's kind of an MMO. But, like, the only game, like, that was an MMO, the first one I ever played, was actually Guild Wars 2. Not Guild Wars 1. Guild Wars 2. That's wild. Uh, a lot of people are like that. I feel like it's a necessary stage of gaming evolution. Like, everybody goes from, uh, you know, PS2, and then, you know, they might come from Game Boy and go to PS2, or then get into the mobile games. Whichever one, those two are interchangeable. But... A lot of people who start gaming on computers really, like, everybody I know, anyways, this isn't, obviously, this could be the outlier, it doesn't dictate the norm, start out with an MMO because, you know, their brother or their cousin or their friends have found it and they get that grouping of people and they can express however they want. If they want to, you know, role play or if they just want to play a game, they. They get sucked into it, and the next thing you know, they're downloading Steam and spending hundreds of dollars <laughs> on games if they still haven't installed. Steam, uh, yeah, like I don't even know what it, mm, the weird free to play ones. You can get yeah. a couple MMOs where it's, I think I'm like I'm honestly, it's more of a hopeful. I, th- I think. Um, but majority of them are like Chinese and or Russian MMOs that are really not exactly there for you to play them, more to just put your money into. Oh, you know what, yeah. Victim? That reminds me. Me and Sarge did play an MMO before I played Guild Wars 2. I, I, didn't, I only played it when I came over, but it was called Conquer, and it was a Korean grind fest. It, it was quite fun. It wasn't MMO as, say, Guild Wars. It wasn't traditionally MMO. It was... It was like a mix between MMO and action RPG. It was kind of, it was fun. It was definitely pay to win, though, which is unfortunate. Though you, well, it was could, also free. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You could you could freely get up to that level, which I did do. But after that, I ended up switching to Dungeons and Dragons Online. But when 
you guys were talking, I had the perfect thing. I know the game everybody starts on the computer, their very first MMO, fucking RuinScape. Motherfucker, that's right. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> I remember people at um school, like when they go to classes that have a computer lab, they'd play the web browser version of RuneScape. Which yeah. I think was the only way to play back then. Yeah. And they would just play RuneScape in class, like nobody no big no big deal. Just do that. And I'm I didn't get the appeal. Like I never really got into that. It it's totally just a grind fest. It's bad graphics, like in its heyday. You know, I, I'm never going to like the newest version, whatever it is. I don't know. I haven't played it since I messed around when they released the Grand Marketplace or whatever. At which point, I decided that game was bullshit because I could no longer scam the living shit out of people and become hyper-rich. So <laughs> that was it. I was a terrible child. Probably good that I moved on to Conquer. <laughs> yeah, Probably. I think Maple Story was probably where all of our scam stories were. Oh yeah, Maple Story is a good place like, too. Just destroying kids. We're like, oh well, we'll send you the code, but we want you to give us the money first. And then we're like, okay, like you know, give us a couple million mezzos or whatever the fuck it is. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we don't even have the code. They had to break that. No, just case. slash ignore. Come on now. <laughs> Glorious. But, I yeah. um. And it's not that the kids in school playing RuneScape on the computers was something I was just totally against. No, no. I just didn't play RuneScape. Like, a couple years after that, I came back and I had a class in a computer lab and I got the entire class hooked on um, Kingdom of Loathing. Oh, yeah. Which was this little stick figure. Like, there was no animations whatsoever. It was it's, like this browser totally RPG. A, like, you, you might as well call it a text-based RPG. I loved that fucking game. I loved that game. Yeah, like, your map on the screen is, like, usually, like, nine options in a grid. You click on one, like, I want to go this way. And then a battle happens, and you click your options all in the web browser interface. It was really cool. Or you download Grease Monkey, and you don't even play the game. (laughs) Or that. But it was also, like, funny. And you you had to read all the text chat to to get it. And so it didn't appeal, because we live in America. Yeah. They can't fucking read. You also had to pass, like, a basic English test in order to type in the all chat. It was great. It's pretty funny. They, they had a really good sense of humor. Like, the yeah. kind of sense of humor you'd expect from, like, Cards Against Humanity, almost. They actually run a podcast as well. Um, outside of all those, though, I know that you, like, we're, we are all playing Guild Wars and HeroCraft and path of exile which doesn't really count as a mmo rpg but it is an mmo technically uh are there any other games that you guys have thought about playing mmo wise or have well not necessarily an mmo good? but I, sh- I should probably mention that this last weekend i did go to pax um let me let me talk about that for a minute so uh i live in the seattle area so of course pax is like a big deal because i don't have to go very far to get there so i went there there are as much people that flew in from far away. Like, people get really dedicated to these goddamn conventions. Yeah, and I just take it for granted. Like, I'm there, and I'm just like, eh, it's cool, right? I had a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, while I was at PAX, I played several demos, such as uh, the demo for a game called Strafe. Have you ever seen the trailer for Strafe? I haven't, but I will look that up. I have. It's so fucking great. It, like, it looks like a trailer ripped right out of the 90s, except oh, really baby. violent. Oh, baby. 
Oh, Here, we'll, oh we'll, no, I, we'll, I see it. I, I I know exactly what you mean. Ripped right out of the nineties. Yep. Here, let's let's let I'm you watching. like finish that up and then we'll I'll just edit out the silence. This trailer's fucking amazing. Is that actually that Doom type of thing? It's definitely Doom inspired. Like, like, Doom? Okay, so it is what he's playing. Yeah, but the, what you see in the trailer is actually the game. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like that on purpose. It's a lot more cel-shaded than I expected. Like, it uses a weird graphical style to, Im- to imitate that it's old when it's actually new. Yeah. Oh, it just get punched in the face. This is a two-minute long trailer, guys. I know. Uh, I can edit the silence out. It's worth it. should also probably touch base on Hero's Song with, when we make our throwback to MMOs. But yeah, um, an MMO coming out recently, or well, when I say recently, I mean soon. Um, uh, Hero Song looks probably fucking amazing. I don't know how else to to word that. Um, actually, Dylan, you, you, I think it was you or Rick who actually had showed me it originally, and they just recently re-put up their uh, crowdsource. Yeah, yeah, and remember how I tried to get a podcast going with Rick and Mike. That was actually our topic was that game and why that game is great. But those episodes will probably never come to life. Uh, why don't you go ahead and explain Dying. our listeners at home, like what is Hero Song? Why do you want to play it so bad? Well, think old old RuneScape, but less three D looking and much more two D looking, kind of like a top down action RPG. But then. Think about it in like hundreds to thousands of players on a single server, so it it fits the MMO genre. Um, and the world is shaped by I think it's still shaped by tectonic plates. They like literally put plates in the world and then slam them together to create mountains, which in turn create biomes and shit like that. But I don't know if that's in necessarily for the early access that's coming out in uh, I think in November, but. It is definitely influenced by gods. And the cool thing is is that if your character, while it's hardcore, so if your character dies, he's dead. I think you get one chance to come back, but for the most part, you're dead. But if you come back, you, um, or, like, if you, uh, sorry, if you progress through without dying, you can then go through the trials when you hit level 50 and become a god yourself to then have other players choose when creating a new world and boom like like the lore of the game is already like set kind of but it can expand upon that now based on actions and stuff that happens and it looks like it's going to be really cool like the journey the quests the stuff that has to be done is all going to be dictated by like what exists in the world some races maybe you've gone maybe have gone extinct so you may not even be able to play them in in some servers. Some classes may not have been unlocked yet. And maybe you will be the one to unlock them for someone to play later on down the road. And just shit like that. It looks really, really fun. That does, Absolutely. That does look really cool. So, yeah, that... It looks way more fun than World of Warcraft's latest expansion, Legion. Which is bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah. There's a big Legion booth at, or at PAX, like... I was kind of surprised, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of World of Warcraft cosplay. In fact, I think the thing I saw the cosplay of the most was Ruby from Rooster Teeth. Hmm. That depresses me. Does it really? I mean, the show is really good, but Mani Um is probably one of my biggest role models. Um, even though I've, I mean, I learned how to animate, but I'm not very good at drawing, so I don't 
have necessarily the skills to progress through animation uh, yet, at the very least. Um, but there was actually a big thing that came out. One of the uh, the lead animators got removed from the project. Mani Um's wife, who was a, not even paid, she just wanted to help that badly on the project and was helping. They told her that she was not allowed to touch the project anymore. They then took her character, removed it, placed it with another character, and did a bunch of shit. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I think Shane Newville on Twitter, he actually posted a uh, twit longer, I think it was. Or it might have been like a PDF or something. It explains the whole situation. It's a long story. But now whenever I look at Ruby or Red vs. Blue, I actually, when I look at the animation department in general, I just kind of get depressed. I'm like, these people are really fun and happy and everyone looks cool and everyone loves them. But they might actually be complete and utter assholes, and you know, and we wouldn't know it. And according to Shane Newville, they are complete assholes, money grabbing dickheads, essentially. And so it's just like it's hard to to come to terms with what the fuck's going on in Rooster Teeth, or at least their animation. Well, department. victim, as a fan of Mortal Kombat, I'll have you know that later releases that are bad should not detract from the good that it was before, <laughs> or you're gonna have a bad time. Oh, definitely. Not yeah. that Mortal Kombat's in a bad place Speaking now. Speaking of the but newest like, Mortal Kombat, that's pretty good. Strafe looks awesome, by the way. Ah, oh, you finished that trailer. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, the re- latest Mortal Kombat, 10 and also 9, are both very good games. But like, Armageddon? It's trash. I tried to like it. I put many hours into it, like just making characters and beating the game with every character. In which, in Armageddon, they decided to include every character ever in the canon. It's nice. Sort of. Yeah, it was really it was a wide pool of characters that were an inch deep. It was like nothing. Like you know how did oh, you ever no. play Mortal Kombat Deception? Mm-hmm. I don't think well, I have. Deception I think ten was the last one I played. Mortal Kombat Deception is like the, the pinnacle of the PS two era Mortal Kombat games, right? It had the best conquest mode, it had the best arcade mode, it had puzzle combat, which was great, and it had um the fighting style was like an up, a direct upgrade from Deadly Alliance, where every character has two fighting styles based on real-life kung fu, no crossover. Like, every character has two unique fighting styles. Like, I believe Sub-Zero, he had, um, like, Shotokan Karate and, like, some dragon bullshit. And then everyone has a weapon. And you switch between them with, like, the trigger button, right? Or the R1, right? And, or L1, I forget. And many of these characters will chain combos, like... Like Scorpion, you would do like three hit combo in one stance, switch to the next one, do two hits there, and then switch to your sword and like swing the swing your sword and hit him across the room. Like it was, it was cool, right? Well, in Armageddon, <laughs> they divvied up all of these fighting styles and gave them to different characters, so they would all have one and one weapon. I think there was a character or two that had two fighting styles and no weapon. Like they. I don't know what they did, why why they did it that way, but it was just bullshit. Well, all that reminds me of is the the jump from Soul Calibur four to five. Every Soul Calibur, at least from two onwards. I didn't play the first one, so I can't speak for it. They, you know, two, three, and four were actually like really fun games. I suck and I hate fighting games for the most part. Like I'm just not good at them. I hate learning the inputs, but I actually, you know, I actually enjoyed Soul Calibur. And then five was like such a giant kick to the balls. Yeah, I, well, five had better mechanics. Like the things wrong with five are not the same things wrong with Mortal Kombat Armageddon. No, but it's just like 
the it, for some reason they make one drastic ass mistake, and it's like I think the mistake was legitimately the attempt at a new storyline because they had already finished Siegfried's story, mm-hmm. but they decided to include completely out of the blue characters that meant nothing. Right, and it was also a cop out idea for them to try and give us characters that use similar fighting styles to characters we had played previously, but they fucked Sophia up like pretty fucking hardcore and shit like that. It, I don't even know. Yeah, I agree. So the, the problem is with still cover five is the combat, the fighting is better than it ever has been. Right. However, the, the single oh, player yeah. campaign, like did the series no favors at all. It was pretty trash, both story wise and execution of the single player content of this game. And the weakest single player in the series is the one they decide to introduce like ten new characters. Like that was a bad move. Anywho, yeah. So Soul Calibur Five. To... Yeah, Soul Calibur is a really good fighting game. This totally devolved from uh... MMOs. <laughs> I know to just video no, games but, in general. But, but I have more to say though. Like I went to PAX. Right, the first game demo I played, I went straight to the booth. Tekken Seven. Holy fuck, that game is gonna be fucking fantastic. I was That's so good. thrilled. But yeah, no, I don't know. Tekken is, I don't know, it's another one of those ones that like I tried to get into because uh, when Soul Calibur Five came out, they had Devil Jin, and I'm like, okay, they must be similar, and <laughs> I could I couldn't figure out how to do anything other than punch yeah, and kick, no. and it like really bothered. They're me. not similar at all. Oh yeah, no. Like I'm, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. You see, uh, Soul Calibur's fighting controls are like you know X is guard. Circle is kick. Triangle is for vertical attacks. Square is for horizontal attacks. So it's pretty easy to figure out each character because these fundamental things never change, right? With Tekken, square is your left hand. Triangle is your right hand. X is your left leg. And circle is your your other leg. And while sometimes those buttons don't actually correlate to those limbs, the combos, based on what the animation is, usually line up with those button presses. Which is nice. The visual feedback from your character, you should guide your hands when you do your tenet combo. So, like that actually sounds like a lot better. If I had known that, I probably would have right. Like, so imagine it. this: like Yoshimitsu, right? The greatest swordsman that's ever lived in any video game, of course. I <laughs> love bus. Yoshimitsu. I know his tenet combo in Tekken is like two circles, two triangles, two circles, and five squares. But the animation, he kicks you twice, spinning around with the same foot, <laughs> and then he backhands you with the same hand twice, spinning around. And then he does those kicks again, and he does nothing but stab you with his sword. So that's why the buttons are the ones they are. Because the square button is the hand that his sword is in, right? Yeah. And so that's why that is the way it is. Makes sense. Another example, Steve Fox is a boxer, right? He doesn't kick. But he still has X and circle buttons in Tekken, so those buttons just make you dodge. Like, down to the left or down to the right, based on if you hit circle or X. And there are combos that you can do because your buttons do different shit when he's recovering from that animation, going back to his neutral stance. If you, like, hit square during that brief time, the punch is a little different. So you can lead into, like, different moves and and juke people. It's a lot more intuitive than Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur, it's, like, really um, reactive. A lot of poking, a lot of zoning. Tekken, it's a lot of, like, juggling and doing ridiculous combos. In the same light, Mm -hmm. there's... You can you can do juggling combos in Tekken. You can do juggling combos in Soul Calibur. It's oh, yeah, not of course. like Soul Calibur juggling combos are just I would say harder 
Yeah. Lots of square. <laughs> and uh, square triangle. Uh, whereas in Tekken, like, it's so different. Like, you want Devil Jin to fly and do one of his moves while he's recovering from the animation where he takes off to the air and flies back down. He hits circle and X at the same time because that's both of his legs. Hit him at the same time, he jumps up in the air and flaps his wings. Then he hits square triangle at the same time, his arms move apart, and he shoots you with a laser beam. Yeah. That's why it's those buttons. It's because it correlates to those arms and legs. But enough about fighting games. So I, when I was at PAX, I played Tekken 7. PAX was kind of funny how like, uh, my wife, Irony, from Melomancy, and I, um, we were going to go both days, like two days, Friday and Saturday, right? But yeah. what ended up happening was uh, we're trying to move from our apartment into a house that's a little bigger. Um, we're taking a roommate, um, and we want more room. So that's happening. But to get the house that we ended up getting, we had to go to this, like, viewing. That was on Friday. So she went to that. <laughs> I went to PAX on Friday, and I took Jordan, uh, Zerva from Ellen Nancy, with me. Everyone, know everyone just calls him Jordan. But um, I took him with me to PAX. It was pretty fun. And I didn't go on Saturday. She took her little brother because I had to work that night and the night after. So it'd be like more than 48 hours of awakenedness to go to both days. And yeah. so I actually decided against it long before the, I found out the, she couldn't go Friday. Yeah, for the better part of everything. Yeah, I just wouldn't enjoy my time there if I was there with no sleep. So, I mean, I had a really good time. There was a bunch of crazy shit there. Like, I, um... Are there any have you ever MM played MMOs? Nah. No? Nothing actually, no. Um, I, there's plenty of big shit coming out, but I, I, they just weren't at PAX. Yeah. Like... There was the Final Fantasy XV booth, which was, like, humongous. There was the World of Warcraft booth, which is an MMO. Yeah. Actually, but... Victim, why don't you tell us what was so bad about Legion? I don't play WoW. Speak WoW to me. Oh, Because I don't shit. know why it's bad. Yeah. Speak WoW to well, me. Here's, here's the big thing. Everyone loves it, from what I can tell. My, my guild loves it. The people in Melomance who play it love it. Um, there's just a, a lot of level around, and you know, and the idea of the story is really cool. I love where they're going with it, but the baseline of the leveling is it. It really drives me up the wall, and I started off in a place called High Mountain, and at, the first thing first is you show up, and there's these a race of people called the Torrent, which we are, are a playable race, in fact, of the um, Horde. They're like, hey, welcome. Uh, yeah, uh, most of our tribe got wiped out, and two of our other tribes got wiped out, and they took the pillar of creation from us. Oh, sorry. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, if you, if we, we, we must have had some level of contact, because we knew about, I guess the, the issue I ran into is that, like, we should have had some sort of communication with this group. Or, you know, in, or even if we hadn't, we knew about the Isles, like, according to, at least what Hauser told me. I mean, maybe I'm completely, like, off my rocker, and I'm I'm getting angrier for nothing. But you know, it, it starts out, and you're like, if we had to summon, we had to like summon this old ancient spirit to try and tell us where the fuck the these pillars are, so we can try and defeat the legion. Is essentially the idea. So we get there, and they're like, oh, sorry, we lost it. Fucking crazy story, huh? And it's like, no, not kind of crazy story, you know, and like more like the world might go fucking kaboom. Um. And then, and then instead of uh, you know sending me to go find the pillar, they send me to go clear bugs out of a fucking farm. I don't give two fucking shits about your torn village. If the world is gonna blow up, your village means fuck to me. 
Hate to break that to you. But in order to do the quest chain, I have to fucking do it. So, thanks, thanks, Legion. I wanted to clean bugs out of a fucking farm. That's what I wanted to do. I... What I don't understand is uh, they've had so many expansions and everything. All they can do at this point is just pad the numbers. Okay, it's more difficult because this guy, instead of having, you know, one million health, which is what the boss had in the last expansion, he now has five million. And every enemy you come in across has 500,000 HP. And, like, they're... Because they're already at endgame. It's all endgame for most people. That or the endgame that is there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a level of suspension of disbelief. Like, you need to suspend yourself in, like, a level of disbelief. But, like, that's not even the big issue. Like, And then, like, if you do another zone, you get attacked by the Alliance. And it's like, I know they're a little angry about, you know, we left because our warlord got stabbed. And we're like, oh, fuck, you know, we don't want to lose the horde here. And then the Alliance are like, well, you if you didn't leave, our king wouldn't have had to die. It's like, well, I hate to break it to you, but we're, you know, we're working together, but we're not al- aligned. Like, we're not allied together. And, like, I just feel like that's such a stupid thing for them to, like, to use as an, as an excuse. You know, and then you have... um. Greymane, who is like the leader of these fur- half furry, half human motherfuckers, who roll up on some of our ships and start to, to fuck with us. One airship against a fleet of fucking boats. And we fuck him straight out of the sky. Not only is it stupid that he's A, you know, ruining chances of, of defeating the Legion, because that's pretty much what everyone wants to do, is just not fight the Legion. Fuck the Legion. Let's fight each other. But not only that, but he brings only one airship? One fucking airship? Are you serious? We could have shot arrows at him. We had enough fucking boats to take him out with arrows. Jesus. Like, god damn it. Like, that's so stupid, if you ask me. And, and like, like they, they put up hardly a fight. Like, I fucking walk up onto their boat. It's a, it's a, it's a single-player scenario, mind you. So I walk up onto their boat, and they don't even try to stop me. Basically. I just place some little vials on the ground, blow it sky-high fuck up literally all of them and crash them into the ground. And then there's still enough alliance to run around on the ground. And I'm like, how many people did you have stolen on this ship that you couldn't have fought me before I blew your ship up? That's... Like, I get it. It's supposed to be a level of progression, but they're just... It's... They, they fucked up the leveling. You, you the gotta leveling suspend your disbelief shit. because, yeah, you were godslaying last expansion, but now you're, like, episode one of this new expansion, you gotta be, like, you know, level one feeling... Right, and I'm sure I'm sure someone if this if this specific podcast gets a lot of view, I'm sure someone's gonna be like, well, it's not as bad as you're making it out to be. There's three other zones you haven't saw yet. Sure, uh, you know what? Maybe the other three zones are god tier, and I just picked the two shitty ones. I don't know. That's that's possible, but it's ruined my my want to play. Like I honestly don't want to play. That's that's how like bored. And stupid, I feel that Legion has been so far. Yeah, yeah. At PAX, they had like the little booth set up where you could like demo, fucking the new expansion. I guess I don't know. But anyway, so hearing that, I, I'm kind of glad that I I put my marbles into the the Guild Wars basket because their expansion was handled way better. That was loud. Sorry, that was my chair being broken. Anyway, so with Guild Wars two, right, like. I know you don't care for it, victim, but I uh, mean, Sarge play it, and the expansion was like handled way better. 
like story wise well, and also there's no level cap increase because we're already as strong as we're gonna be yeah i i, I understand and i think that most of my anger was to deal with like it, how they just released it and i feel like we had no real idea of how they were gonna like monetize it or like mon- sorry how they were gonna sell it to us and just kind of like the events that led up to it. I feel like it was like a week before launch. They were like, oh, fuck, we don't know how to sell this to people. And then they just fucking tried something. And I don't think it worked. However, I feel now that there's enough content that has come out through the expansion pack that it's probably worth the money. I just don't have the money to put into it. And that's totally fine. You know, Canadian dollars are kind of like pointless. But like, well, yeah, $40 <laughs> to you is 60 to me. So. I know. I know. There's always G2A. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, um, so the Guild Wars expansion is a lot like better handled, I think, story-wise, because we don't get any more powerful, but it introduces the um, the idea of what's it called, masteries, and basically you pick up maps, you pick up a mastery, and you get better at something by doing it, and it's fine. Like there's the pack commander, there's the pack commander mastery where you just get like more leadership qualities, like you get faster revive, you can get the tutor, like. What's it called? The it's like a commander tag, but it's not. It's supposed to sig- uh, signify that you're you're looking to help people. It's like a little apple over here. Yeah. Long story short. So there's that, and there's a couple other perks, and of course they added gliders, and you can get better at gliding and get new abilities like the ability to. Um... Effectively, it's a bunch of quality of life yeah. that they kind of forced on you. It's forced quality of life because the new areas require gliding with, and with a couple of mechanics. Does forced and quality of life really go hand in hand in a sentence? <laughs> I think so because you can take these new abilities and you can take them into the the old maps and break them. And they they yeah, the internet was like, we don't care if this breaks the old maps because you guys have stuck with us for so long. They just had their fourth year anniversary, which is wild. And I remember the day that patch went live. I went to Divinity's Reach and I started gliding around like huh, I couldn't do this before. <laughs> it was great. Of yeah, course, there are jumping nice. puzzles that will disable your glider. But fuck, it's nice. And they just added a new zone for Living World Season 3 called the Bloodstone Fen, which is a huge throwback to Guild Wars 1. And I've seen the data the data mined copy of the map that's like much bigger than what we have access to now. So as they roll out more installments of Living World Season 3, that zone is going to get a lot bigger. Which I just logged in to make sure I had everything. Yeah, I don't even know when the new Living World chapters come out. I only did the first one. I don't know if they've made more. I haven't even finished the first one on that, unfortunately. Yeah, not, neither have right, I. Still log in to get those right now. Yeah, I think it unlocks it on your account, but you still can't play them until you get the expansion because they take place in expansion pack areas. Oh well. G two A, go. Now, of course, we are not sponsored by G two A, and they generally are scummy. However, yo, sponsor Sarge, you can do that. I'm down for free games. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. Not all of the keys, and it's not G2A necessarily. I mean, sure, they definitely know what's going on. Give a platform to to scumbags, yeah. But not everything. In fact, I think some, I want to say either at least some publishers, but maybe some companies that actually make the games have actually put keys up on that site before as well. Just to at least make sure that they are the ones making the money and not some random-ass scumbag who stole some keys. I mean, maybe if they but, made the Canadian versions of games a little bit more affordable to match with your economy, it would be nice, because, yeah, the value of your dollars decreased, but you guys aren't getting paid any more or less than you were before at your jobs. Like, 
Yeah, I, I would say the biggest issue um, is that currency is actually relative to what the world market thinks it's worth. And actually, with the prices, some prices of stuff have actually started to stabilize again on what was originally affecting our dollar, yet our dollar hasn't gone up any. So I'm like, world market, you want to, like, fuck off, please? Like, at least give us 10 cents back on our dollar or something? Like, oh, fucking, oh, man. And there's some companies in America that if you, like, buy their product, will actually go one for one with you on the dollar because it really isn't that big of a deal. They can sit on those Canadian dollars till they go back up, and they probably will eventually. Although, our Prime Minister's a bit of a fucking retard, and he'd rather, you know, he wants equality more than he wants us to have, you know, a decent dollar. Um, you know, both men and women can be paid the same all you want, but they're still going to be paid less if the dollar isn't fixed. Yeah, that's so, a good point. I don't know. He's not thinking straight. You, yeah, your, your Prime Minister's priorities are a bit in the wrong places. And it's not, it's it's illegal in Canada to be paid less than someone based on you know race, gender, or anything. So that's already in place. Just you know, tell your law enforcement to enforce their law, which I don't even think it is a problem. I think that in uh, in Canada, majority of the time when that happens, it's more based on like actual factors of like promotion and stuff, like uh, qualifications and whatever. Yeah, like they'll promote one person to one title. Like some companies will just make up titles as they go and like price them accordingly but then if they just make up the titles you know they could put you know some dudes like little kid like in this one position he can be like i don't know like custodian supreme and and then you can have like a girl that applied and was qualified and got hired and she can be like lead custodian but then custodian supreme gets more money anyway like that's the kind of stuff that the law should cover but is very hard to enforce and that's the kind of stuff yeah. that keeps people complaining perpetually because it's really hard to enforce the laws that already exist. They do what they want to do. And so that's and so your prime minister's priorities are kind of in the wrong place because that is a problem that definitely needs attention. But like if your dollar's not worth anything, nobody will work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean or will move. I mean Trump might be a shitty president or maybe Hillary is a shitty president, I don't even know. But uh if, if Canada's well, unlivable at least we get, least we get paid. <laughs> If Canada's unlivable, I won't blame you for coming over. Oh, fuck that. I'm coming that. I'm, I'm moving. I don't know, man. Canada. You're going to lose like 25% of your income. That is pretty bad. Fuck. Just in dollar, dollar value. Like, that's not even before. Maybe taxes. we should move to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, hey, well, hey, at that point. You're going to lose about 100% of your dollar value. If, I know. If I Trump know. builds that wall, at least we'll know we're safe from the idiots. Ooh, burn. The ones that went to Mexico? The uh, maybe we can go to uh maybe we can go to Europe. Yeah. Yeah, they, they may, yeah, we'll, we'll get about a hundred percent increase. Yeah, Eastern, uh, more more it's like it's like that Britain. episode or not episode, that movie, what was it? Euro trip, where they go to Eastern Europe and their dollars are worth like everything in the country. And they get like yeah, top tier service for pennies. They have like a dollar in fucking nickels and they're just like, Yeah, you now own this hotel. I love so that funny. movie. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, so at PAX, like I saw a Legion booth, and but I didn't really see any other MMOs. But I saw a couple other interesting things. Like, Sarge, are you familiar with the game called uh, Ark? What is it? Survival Evolved or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's really popular on Twitch, and um, you know, it's a game where you tame dinosaurs. It's like dinosaur Minecraft, I guess, but the graphics are really pretty. It's actually made by the same people making the new Unreal Tournament. Um, they make the Unreal Engine. I think the name is Epic. Yeah, Epic Games. 
uh, they had a booth, and their booth had like a giant T-Rex that you could sit on and take pictures. Like yeah. it was to scale with the game, and it was really tall. Yeah, I saw a T-Rex on the T-Rex. It was cool. It was, it was pretty great. <laughs> and the dancing T-Rex was pretty funny, too. Uh, people yeah. got creative with their costumes. Most of the cosplay was Ruby on uh, the day I went. Uh, when Irony went the next day, most of the most of the cosplay was actually Overwatch. And she found it's quite the swamp. Yeah, she found like a gaggle of Overwatch cosplayers outside doing crazy poses. It was really funny. And then they had the one guy that was just a scout. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he was like <laughs> day one, and they have not noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, that reminds me of the death battle that came out. Um, I think what yesterday now. Just spoil like it for me. Seven. I I can't bear to watch. Well, everyone is so pissed in the comments. It was Tracer versus Scout. Um, so the poster character that is like super dashy run around for, for Overwatch, from Overwatch that can control time versus and... the yeah. Yeah, versus, you know, someone who can just run fast and jump by. Although, I will say, if if we were to talk realistically about the scout, he's probably a fucking superhuman. But the issue is that everyone was like, well, in the animation, he hardly did anything. Well, if he did something, he probably would have won. And I'm like, guys, you realize that the animation is made after they make the decision, right? Like, come on now. Don't be retarded. And like, everyone's acting like the animation is, like, what made, was the deciding factor in who won. And uh, while the animation definitely wasn't very good because Scout and Tracer probably it should have been like a running and gunning, shooting at each other, and they probably could have like done without a background even if they just want to do the whole anime, like everything's moving so fast it's a blur. Um, so maybe the animation director should have been slapped in the face for whatever he did with that episode. But I still agree that Tracer definitely was the right winner. Um, there was no contest. It she was, can fucking yeah. control time. Like, in the scout doesn't really have any powers at all. He's just really fast and really strong and hits people with a baseball bat. Like, he's balanced in Team Fortress 2's terms, but, like, the people in Overwatch are really, like, hyped up. Probably because yeah. of all the Avengers hype. Yeah. With, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how everyone's craving superheroes. Also, so they made a fucking shooter made of superheroes. Like, the people in Team Fortress, they're not super. There's nothing special about them. Yeah. They're just soldiers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although, I didn't know this. Team Fortress 2 actually has a story. Yeah, yeah. it's just buried. It's like uh, it's like a fucking uh, like a comic and some other shit. And I'm like, this is a real fucking thing. Like it's hilarious because like one of the episodes or one of the comics is literally Scout dressed as a fucking hot dog and he kills a guy with Amelia Earhart's uh, a skeleton or something like that. I don't fucking know. It looked hilarious though. I think the death battle, in fairness. Where they're very similar and the game modes are similar. I think Overwatch is more MOBA-based than anything. And they should have had somebody from League of Legends. Specifically, Echo versus Tracer. Oh, you know what? They should have had Tracer from Overwatch go up yeah. against Tracer from Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you know they added Tracer to Heroes of the Storm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, uh... that's pretty great. It actually, she is retardedly difficult to beat. Like, or unless they've pro they probably balanced her by now. But when she first came out, the most overpowered piece of shit in the game. Oh yeah, they all mobas tend to do that. Uh, they'll either make them super fucking strong and then have to nerf them just to get the sales up, 
because you're paying real money to get that character or whatnot. Or sometimes they think they're going to be super strong and then it's actually really weak or just this really shitty why, and mechanical. Um, this is why I don't take MOBA-based esports very seriously. Like, how are you going to have a sport where you're always rebalancing all the characters and releasing new ones behind a paywall? That's like well, not having Major League Baseball, but like you can bring your own bat and you can like put a turbo engine on it or I don't know. Yeah, it's like that's why Don Gate was probably the best MOBA. And I know like people listening, I'm like, what the fuck's Don Gate? Don Gate was a MOBA that came out uh, published by EA, but it was made by a, a company called Waystone Studios. Um, and. It was basically, think like League of Legends, uh, Dota. It, you know, it was kind of like a clone of the two, but it had an actual story, like like a legitimate lore, which League doesn't have. Anyone who says that League has a lore can fight me. It doesn't. Um, Dota might. I don't know anything about Dota's story, but um, you know, like it had comics that would release weekly, and they were interactive. Like you could vote on which direction a character might go, and it was like really interactive and cool. And they had no real plans on ever going competitive. It was just supposed to be a casual game to play. And it was so much fun. Like, it became so community-based that even, like, uh, streamers were just as chill with the people who were playing the game. Just, like, regular people. And uh, EA's like, eh, it's not making us enough money. We're just going to get rid of it. Wasn't that the one they released for, like, iPad and stuff? No, I don't think so. I think this is before, like, that kind of stuff was starting to become popular for gaming. So, more about my PAX adventure. Now that death battle bullshit's out of the way. Um, I never, I didn't have a chance, I didn't see a Screw Attack booth, unfortunately. I really wish I could have met the guys from Screw Attack, because, like, Victim, I know you listen to the Rooster podcast and all their stuff, but, like, they were there. I didn't know who they were. They were just, like, yeah. like up on stage, like, talking, and, like, like, a bunch of, like, fanboys and fangirls were just, like, like, reaching out and just fawning over them. And I just didn't really understand. I mean, me and Jordan checked out their booth, and we Jordan bought a statue of some Ruby character that I don't know the name of. It looked like the the people that were doing like in the what was it like a I forget the name of it is, but basically it was them up on a stage, right? Like uh, they were up on a stage. They were definitely live streaming it too. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was probably uh, the from what I saw, it was the Funhouse guys, and they were originally working with, I want to say Machinima, I know someone's going to throw a punch me for that one, if I'm wrong, but uh, they, like, when their contracts were all up, they all quit, and they were like, well, what now, and Rooster Teeth's like, uh, we're going to set up an LA studio, and you're all hired, and they're like, okay, cool, um, so they're, they're actually barely Rooster Teeth, to be honest, they're probably the newer group that got pulled in, but one thing that, uh, if you had known previously, you probably could have ran around and looked. Screw Attack is actually, I don't know if they're necessarily owned by Rooster Teeth, but they're affiliated. Like, they're, if you go on the website, there's... Oh, I remember that, and that... Rooster Teeth, Funhouse, something, Screw Attack. You know, that was actually really shitty of them, because right when they got acquired by Rooster Teeth, or f- became affiliated, they released a, um, like, a Yang from Ruby versus Tifa death battle, where Yang kicked the shit out of her, which... Probably is correct because you know Yang was based on Tifa, apparently, according to that Monty like, dude. Yeah, she yeah she was an improvement upon the idea of Tifa. Was actually all the characters were based on kind something. of improvements, 
based on the uh, Dead Fantasy series that he made. So, technically, Gang is a comparable character to Tifa, but because she is also... Literally, the idea is that she is immensely tough. Tifa would just throw punches and powers into her and then eventually run uh, run low as Yang is just literally getting ready to fight is the problem. And right. I think that power level-wise, not a good fight because Yang isn't necessarily meant to have her problem be that she might lose the fight. It's that everyone around her might lose the fight. And so, she kind of plays yeah. a Superman role, but she's not nearly that powerful. Yeah, but she's like Superman but, in that, you know, her weakness is the people dragging her down because she's obligated to protect them. So yes. in a one-on-one fight with no, like, collateral, it's like, well, of course she won. You're based on this, your opponent, and you're uh, in continuation. It's like having Deadpool fight uh, Deathstroke. Like, you know, Death, Deadpool is obviously, you know, themed after Death, Deathstroke and more powerful because he came afterwards. You know, yeah, it just makes sense. Like, but they did that right after Screw Attack acquired by Rooster Teeth. I thought that was kind of a dick move, but they made up for it yeah. with uh, the battles that came after that. I think right after that was when they did the Sam Fisher and Solid Snake, and that was that was very satisfying. That was a very very good one. These things, I think, a lot of people like. Seen. Obviously, yeah. You, I mean, everyone's gonna have their own opinion on who should have won, and you know what. In an upfront battle to the death, there's going to be a hell of a lot more factors that'll come in that we just can't even fathom. Like, you know, like uh, fight or flight kicks in, and we don't know what our favorite heroes do when put to that test in a realistic situation because they're based in fantasy, unfortunately. I think um, at some point we just kind of stopped linking death battles to our Discord because they would like trigger like these day-long conversations where people would disagree on the outcome yeah because some people in our community (laughs) they just can't let it drop and other people in our community well they're right and they keep telling people to drop it but it just never works out and it just it's a shit show every time so we stopped yeah linking those videos the only the only time i've disagreed with a screw attack video is the minute battle ones where they don't really put any effort into them and it's just like an animation frenzy and I, I feel like ScrewTech could take like three seconds to at least look over the characters before they do that, because sometimes it's just kind of lame. But I, when it comes to Death Battle, I don't think I've ever really disagreed with any of the ones I've seen. Um, now, uh, definitely some that are so close that I can see why someone might disagree, but I feel like a lot of people get really, really like up in arms in the comments section, or like straight up toxic sometimes. Never forget the first rule of YouTube comments, don't. <laughs> yeah really fucking jello uh, yeah thank you some serious fucking wisdom from that guy but anyway <laughs> let's not get too distracted we don't want the podcast to run too long or no one will listen <laughs> not really but so i went to pax right and there was some other stuff there there were some things that i regret like i didn't see the cards in humanity booth i didn't see the witcher booth where they're playing that little card game oh you don't yeah. you didn't miss anything yeah Fuck, you did not miss anything well i still wanted to see it uh, the booth was really cool. I, I saw pictures afterwards. They like made it like a tavern, but oh, there was wow. um, I I got or Irony got a copy of Exploding Kittens, which is made by the, that Matthew Inman dude that made the Oatmeal comics. If you read those at all, nice. They usually get posted to your Facebook a lot, right? No doubt they do. Um, 
And I was hoping that he would be there. The only reason I didn't buy that set on Friday was because I wanted him to be there and to autograph it. But he wasn't there either day. And, but that motherfucker lives in Seattle, so that was kind of disappointing. But, oh well. I still have an autographed copy of um, Cards Against Humanity. Did I ever tell you about that? You didn't. You also had the so, chance to meet Philip DeFranco. I don't. I didn't know what Phil... I actually watched my first Philip DeFranco video after I got home, where he was talking about how YouTube is dying. Oh, but that's probably yeah. a subject for next week. <laughs> yeah. It'll it'll still be dying by then. Don't worry. Yeah, but we'll have a little more info by then. But so I didn't know who Philip DeFranco was at the time. I also missed Total Biscuit and Donkey. Like they were there the next day. Oh, yeah. Not the day I was there. I I saw their their Twitter feed. I I missed them. I think that, I think that, that would be something cool to meet him. I mean, he you know what? He's a powerful dude. I don't think I don't think his life expectancy is legitimately his life expectancy. I think that motherfucker's got at least another eight years. Oh, you're uh, talking gonna, about gonna, total business. I'm calling it. I yeah. I was sitting there. Thinking, I would like to meet him before he dies, though. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking how Dylan and Dunkey. That that would be. Um, I think Seattle would have been torn to the ground. <laughs> Chaos dude, would if ensue. I, the first thing I would have done if I, I had a chance to talk to Dunkey, I would ask him uh, for a quick video to talk shit about Dream Cycler. Be like, hey, I got a friend of mine who's like a big fan of yours, but he's like a weeb. <laughs> and oh, I, I would take out Snapchat and I would start recording and I'd be like, can you say, uh, can, you, can you like call him a degenerate or something? And, and just watch him just tirade on my Snapchat. That would have been 10 out of 10. But I didn't have a chance to see him. But that's oh, what I would have done. Fuck. He, um, it a just friend been- of mine... I already know what it would have been. It would have just been like, what? What? <laughs> no, a friend of mine, he actually uh, got a picture with Dunkey uh, last year. So I know he, he's cool with pictures. He really likes to meet his fans. I know, you know, especially since he quit doing League of Legends content, uh, he's definitely appreciative of his fans. Like, that's the only reason he can still do what he does. Well, I told you guys about the time I met him, right? Not met him in real life, but like... Oh, yeah, you were in, like, an Arma server with him at one point, right? Fuck, like, I, I'm so sad that he didn't make a video, because the, the, the parts that we were would have been a part of were fucking gold. Like, if I was recording a video, I would have included those parts. Fucking, yeah, we, like, we started hearing him, and, like, me and Dream are, like, not talking in-game, and, like, is that fucking Dunky? And, like, we just kind of keep up with him. He's, like, rolling around with people, and we're like, holy shit, I think that's Dunky. And so we, we had, like, this really funny joke we were doing to people. So we ran up to them with our guns drawn, and we're like, Hey, man, this is a reverse arm robbery. They're like, take our shit. And we gave them everything we owned. <laughs> we dropped our, like, our full kit, like, $100,000 or so stuff on, like, uh, like, an RP server we played on. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And, like, he played along with it so perfectly. And then we started driving them around. And we got to, like, drive-by car shooting and shit. Oh, God. I know the game it's, Arma. It's, like, an ar- army simulator. But, like, this RP is, like, cops and robbers. In case you didn't search. Yeah. I was worried. That's why drive-by makes sense. It was so much fun. Like, I'm, I'm actually kind of, like, depressed a little bit that he didn't make the video. Because I honestly think it would have been a good video. But, uh, no, I mean, it's it, maybe, maybe he just sounded like him. Um, but his name was Justin, which I'm pretty fucking sure that's his real name. Actually, no, yeah, if, if Sky Williams always calls him Justin. If I'm no, it's correctly. Jason, I thought. Or Jason, yeah, sorry, Jason. Jason. I was like, what? I, yeah, sorry, that is what his name was. I, I'm just being retarded. Um, yeah, Sky Williams was at PAX, too. I, I missed him, too. 
I'd like to meet him. He he is probably a good role model for anyone who wants to get into into YouTube. Definitely watch him before you watch anyone in terms of like trying to get into YouTube. Hands down. Absolutely. Anyway, so MMOs, right? Not necessarily Arma RP. I think I think we're past the MMOs. <laughs> I, we we have another thing we need to talk about. So, dear listeners, uh, while Sarge was away uh, from this podcast, me and Victim attempted we had attempted to make another episode, but we were kind of drunk. Yeah, we were very drunk, actually. What what really happened was, I was busy dealing with life, and they were like, "Well, fuck you. We're gonna have our own podcast recording with." hookers and booze and you know what just fuck the hookers forget about them booze it up and everything bad happened it ended up being something like two hours long or once more. i got to the fourth guinness i was just a little out of it i mean but i was only episode... like four beers in before we started and then like i think i can't like i don't remember how many more i drank but so we might chop up this episode that we made and like release it later as a blooper reel because some of the shit we said was so stupid. But we tried to recap our experiences on HeroCraft, but we had a very special occasion, which is going to be the first time we've mentioned it to our listeners. But most of you listening probably already know this because you know us for now. The few people that listen. Is that's that Minecraft server that we shit on in the first episode? We, we went back. We wanted to check it out, right? Now they're logged in. We said hello, right? We're like, okay, what's different? Who's who's in charge now? And how is the game played, like, mechanically? Like, how is the town formed? What's the payment, right? And all of the people we complained about in the first episode of this podcast have actually been banned. Or they've quit. And the township plugin is better than it's ever been. Like, it's easier than ever to, <coughs> excuse me, to make a town and to region a big, big area. So... We stayed. We we played it for a little bit. We we decided to stay. We didn't name our town New Earth because we weren't sure if we, this was just going to be like a week long fling or if we were going to stay like long term. But it's still a lot of fun, and we haven't really found anything to replace it with yet. Though I have a couple games on my backlog that really call for my attention, but I've only got a couple more weekends left until I before he have dies. to go back to, dun, dun, before dun. I die. No, before I have to go back to school, and Sarge is going to have to edit this podcast full-time again. Which means it'll probably never be released. I'll make sure it gets released. I'll do it myself if I have to. No, but anyway, like, I don't know. We were really critical in that episode, and we were pretty critical in our drunk episode, too. In fact, we were listing everything that was wrong at the time. But what I've noticed, things have gotten slightly better over time. Like, they're still improving things on the server. In fact, also, it feels like they're improving a lot more now that we're literally here to help. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I know Victim and a couple of our other, like, Millimancy Elite dudes have um, applied for staff positions. I helped today, literally today, I made a bot based on Argus from Millimancy for the HeroCraft Discord, which will play music and do trivia, in which I actually made a HeroCraft-themed trivia file to, for it to play, which was kind of cool. It's uh, slowly improving. The server was in a really bad state when we showed up, though. Victor, why don't you tell him about that? Well, uh, when I logged in, I think there was maybe 20 people online. Probably not. Probably less than that. And uh, they were struggling to even hit that amount of people online. And we're used to, like, 10 times that, 200 people 
you know, at peak times at the very least. And so when we got back in, we're like, uh, hey, is the server still alive? Anyone here? And, you know, everyone was like, everyone that remembered us was like super pumped to see us. Um, but, you know, we decided that after like a little bit of playing, we're like, we could probably stomach this again. And uh, everyone was like, yeah, we'll come play. Um, so we, we called all our contacts. We, we pulled everyone that we ever used to play with and told them to like come check shit out. Um, at least like come say hi, right? And we, we even got an admin who was a good admin to come back and be admin again. The server now is back up to, like, I think 40 people at peak times. So that's good. Uh, that's that's double what it was. Uh, we've actually seen it hit 50 and 60. Um, and once the new plugin that they're working on comes in, hopefully that'll actually stay around that level. Um, actually, one thing I did want to, to say, I was, I was going to, like, cut you off, Dylan, to say it, but now I think this is a perfect time to say it. If anybody stumbles upon this podcast or if we blow up because of this episode um, or if you're someone returning, at least from the next five or so episodes onwards, you should check out the server. The server could use the population. If you have a Minecraft account, um, it's not for kids. Kids play on it, but it's not specifically for children. It's just herocraftonline.com, I think, is their form in the server. The server IP is just hc.to, so you, you're totally free to check out the server. I mean, it's free if you own a Minecraft account. We didn't mention the IP or the full name of the website before, because we were really critical of it in our previous episodes. All of that... But that was coming off of not having played it All of that will be in the description, and with that, the same thing if you're stumbling upon this, if you're a listener that's coming back... Down in the description will also be the GoFundMe for Shasta's family. It's only, like I said, really low price, 500 bucks. It's just to help with the funeral costs, maybe give a little bit to her son for college and to help relieve the pressure of bills just in general, whether it be the lights or the water or anything like that because it is a tough time. Everything costs money, and when you die, you leave behind a lot of debt, unfortunately. So that's what that is to help. Herocraft will be down there. That'll be down there. And with that, what else can we really say? We could say that we can probably push the push the cart with five bastions and make everyone very upset. <laughs> when?